0: And so we're going to look here in Acts 16, and what we're going to see is how the first European church was born, at least the first European church that's recorded in the Bible. There were probably other um, people coming to the Lord as the church is spread all over the known world at that time, but we're going to see what happens here as Paul and his traveling companion, Silas, go from Turkey into Europe, and the church of philippi is born and we want to take what what they did and we want to say can we do the same kind of things and implement that church building method in our own community so here's here's where we are Acts 16 starting in verse 9 this is backup we're backing up to a few verses that we read last week during the night paul had a vision of a man of macedonia macedonia is it's not the modern country of macedonia it's actually Greece. So this is, this is the area of Greece that faces Turkey. And he had this vision of a man from Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. We read about this last week. That's the background. So from verse 11, from Troas, we set out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. And the next day to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. Now, what we're gonna re- we're gonna read about what happens next, and as we read, I want you guys to take your Bibles. If you have your own Bible, would you circle in your Bibles all the people that we read about, or all the groups of people that we're gonna read about? And then we're gonna go back, and I'm gonna ask you guys to think about how did each of these people respond to the gospel when they were faced with it, and what was the reason that they responded the way that they did? Do you guys understand what we're doing? So we're going to look at there's a bunch of people in this. Some respond in a positive way to the gospel that they come to know about, and some of them respond in a very negative way. So I think anna Chan's going to come up here. She's going she's to take notes on the board right here. Luke Bishop built us a new <laughs> whiteboard today. Thank you, Luke. Amazing. So, that, what's that? <laughs> so, Anna-chan's going to take notes. You guys can take notes. But here's what we want to do. We wanna, we're going we're to read through this. Actually, you don't have to take notes until we get through. So you can just sit down there and look Look pretty, which is easy for you. Okay. Is that okay to say? Um, okay, verse, <laughs> verse 11. We're going to read. This is, this is kind of long. So we're going to read through it. And as we do... Just circle the names of the people or the groups of people, okay? On the Sabbath, we went outside the city to get to, to, to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. They expected to find a place of prayer because they'd heard there was a place of prayer there. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Again, this, we read this last week. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, and she was a worshiper of God. That's worth underlining. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said to come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us, and they went home for fried chicken. Verse 18, verse 16. Once when we were going to the place of prayer, the same place, one, so one time, this is, this is after some time, they're going out to the place of prayer. We met a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. Now, the, the Greek actually said she had the spirit of Python. Does anybody know what Python is? It's a snake, right? Um, Anichon said, said to me earlier today. She said, "Oh, it's a it's a computer program." She was joking. Python is is the mythological serpent that was killed in Greek mythology by Apollo. Is that right? You guys probably know better better than I do. Okay, but the the Greek actually says that this girl had the spirit of python the spirit of python was the demon that was associated with the oracle of delphi where uh, people went to have their future predicted okay so guys that's what that's what's going on in this young girl's life and she earned a great deal of money from her owners by fortune telling this girl followed paul and the rest of us and the reason it says us is because Luke is writing. He's with Paul. And this girl was shouting, these are these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Now, is that true? Absolutely. But we're going to find out that she was not operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to her, said to the spirit in the name of jesus christ i command you to come out of her and at that moment the spirit left her now why was paul troubled what she's saying is true right she's telling the truth but she's not speaking by the power of the holy spirit she's speaking from a demon now is it possible that a demon can say things that are true absolutely if if by saying something that is true, a demon keeps the focus off of people following Jesus, the demon is going to do that. And here's what it's important for us to realize: is that there are people out there that say things out of the Bible, and maybe what they're saying is truth and good, but that does not mean that they are operating under the spirit of Christ. They're not operating necessarily under the Holy Spirit. In fact, there have been times where people have come in this building saying things that are true. But they're not operating under Holy Spirit power. Okay, so that's just something to be aware of. Just because they're speaking about Jesus, just because they're saying something true, does not mean they're worth listening to. Okay, verse 19, when the owners of the slave girl realized that their hopes of making money were gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for the Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. Ouch. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Why don't you, actually, why don't, you, why don't you show us where that was? Would you throw that the slide up there? First of all, throw the map slide, if you got it. You got two slides. Okay, th- that's fine. Okay, this is where they are. They'd gone from from this place, over in in Klaus to Philippi, and they you can't see it very well there, but that's a five-hour drive. But it, they didn't have a car or highway, so they so it took them longer. But this is where they are. They're in Philippi. In Europe, okay, go to that next slide, and this is the prison in Philippi. If you can, there it is. There's the prison in Philippi that um, that Paul was most likely housed in. Okay, so there's the prison. So that's where that's what we're talking about. Paul and Silas are in that prison. Verse 24. Upon receiving such orders, the jailer put them in an inner cell. There's the inner cell, and fastened their feet in stocks. Bum deal, right? But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What else are you going to do if your if your feet are in stocks and you can't move? You sing, and the other prisoners were listening to them. They never, the other prisoners had never heard these had never heard other prisoners singing praises to God. It made an effect. In fact. Look what happened. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I wonder if the foundations of the prison would have been shaken had they not been praising God. Just think about that. At once, the prison doors flew open, and everybody's chains came loose. Freedom! The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open... He freaked out because he knew that the penalty for allowing prisoners to escape would be his own life, probably after being tortured. So he is panicking, and he takes his own sword and is about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't worry, bro. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, sirs, What must I do to be saved? Now, I don't think he's asking, what's he going to do to be saved from hell? He just realized there's something supernatural going down here, and he's going to die the next day if these prisoners run away. In other words, don't leave me because you guys run. I'm dead meat. They replied, I think they reply an answer to a question that he's not exactly asking, and they answer how he can be saved from hell. Believe in the Lord Jesus And you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Look at the change in heart this guy has. He washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Wow, what a change. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jail with order, release those men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered you and Silas be released. Now you can go. Go in peace. Yeah, right. Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we were Roman citizens, and they threw us into prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? No way. Let them come here, themselves, and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were freaked out. They were scared because now they're in trouble. They came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. So they come and they're all polite and they're like, we're sorry for the misunderstanding. Would you just please go away? After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met the brothers and encouraged them. Remember who Lydia is? She's the woman that they met down at the river. And then they left. Okay, let's go back. You guys with me? You guys get the story? Okay, it's a little bit of a long story, but what I want us to see is how, why some of the people. Why not you think about the response that some of the people had positively towards the approach, uh, the approaching of the kingdom of God, and how some people tried to hold that off? So, chan go minasai ne. Today she must Okay. So she's gonna she's gonna put the, the names of the people or the groups of people on one side. The people that responded positively over here, and the people that responded neg- negatively over here, right? You guys, with me? Okay. So, so the first, the first person or the first group of people was. Say it again. The woman at the river, the at the river and her name is Lydia. Lydia. Okay, and what does it say? That the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Okay. So why does she respond so positively? That's right. Thank you. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message, and it's and I've read that over the years, and I thought, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So the Lord opened her heart. Why didn't He open these guys' hearts? Any idea? You might have to look at the Bible. Exactly. And I think I've missed that. You know, there's times when you read over stuff and you're thinking, well, that I don't quite understand that, and then you look in the context and see what's going on. the The reason that she, her heart was opened was because she was already worshiping God. She didn't understand who he is. She didn't understand how to reach him. She didn't understand that her sins had been paid for by Jesus. But she's already worshiping God. So when she heard the, the message that Paul explains to her, she's like, duh, I'm in. In fact, it was probably her prayer that caused the vision. That Paul had when he was over in Troas that, caught, that brought them to that spot. Think about it. I mean, I thought, I th- think about our, our work in Japan, what we're doing. How many of you guys have been in Japan with us? Okay? Those people that have been in Japan with us, you don't know that we ended up in Hita because of a prayer that Grandma Suetake was praying before she died 50 years ago because she'd heard about Jesus. Back when she was a little girl, when the, when the Japanese was occupying China, she heard about Jesus, but she didn't know who he was. But she saw, she was seeking for him, just like this girl. And I think it was her prayer that caused us to end up in Hita. I think it was Lydia's prayer that caused Paul to end up on that riverbank. Is that cool or what? Okay. Here's what I want you guys to think about. The application to you in, in response to this is that there are people across the street who are seeking God, who are looking for truth and are waiting for you to show up at their riverbank and explain the truth to them. That was a divine appointment. There's divine appointments that God expects for you to have on this campus. And even if everybody else on the campus might not be listening to the voice of God at any given moment let it be you and let it be that the people of the cornerstone would end up on the riverbank where a person's heart can be opened by the Holy Spirit because of the words you speak because they've been seeking God okay so who's the next person in all this Slave girl, exactly. So now, do we put the slave girl over here or do we put the slave girl over here? We don't know exactly. But was, okay, was, was the end result of the slave girl positive or negative? Positive, absolutely. I mean, here's this girl who's, she's not only a slave, but she's enslaved to the spirit of Python. And why does her life end up positive instead of negative after this encounter with the kingdom of God? Because she's not possessed anymore, but you, 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 how did how did her how did her freedom from possession happen? In the name of Jesus, but how does that, how does that come about? Through through. What's that again? Following, following. She's following Paul, but she doesn't get free because she's following Paul. She's free when there is a spiritual confrontation. So here's what I want you guys to think about. One the one of the ways that people. That, I mean, this, this person, Lydia gets, get, responds, has a positive response to the gospel because she's seeking God and Paul's message opens her heart. God's, God mess, opens her heart through Paul's message. The psychic girl gets free from a direct spiritual encounter. We, we often use the word deliverance here. It's where the power, there's a power confrontation. Okay? Okay, who's the next person in all this? say it again the slave girls masters exactly so the slave let's put the slave girls masters over here because the kingdom of god comes their direction and they're like we don't want any part of this why do the slave girls masters respond negatively instead of positively i mean it's the kingdom of god why because why because exactly because they value money more than the truth. Excellent. Okay, Okay, who's the next one? The The magistrates, the government, exactly. Okay, so is the the government on the positive side or the negative side when it comes to the kingdom of God approaching them? Negative side. So we got the magistrates or the government over here. Mind your way? Oh. On the negative side. So why is it that the magistrates resist the kingdom of God? What's their motivation? What's what's going on in their lives in their minds? The people came against the. again. The okay, the people come and they. T- so the slave owners told the magistrates, right? Okay. They're trying to keep the peace. It's like it's like they value the peace and the status quo more than they value truth. Okay, so yeah, you're a politician, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Got my vote. okay, the magistrates value, yeah. Maybe there's some money involved. They val- but they they just trying to keep the peace. It's like whoever these guys are, let's get them out because these guys aren't happy. Throw these guys in jail. Okay, who's the next person or groups of people? Group of people. The president? No, no, no. The fellow prisoners. Okay. Is, the, is that the next group? No, it's the crowd, right? Oh, it's the crowd. Yeah, that's right. The crowd. Yeah, we got the crowd. So what is going on? I mean, the crowd obviously isn't on the positive side. The crowd's in the responds to the gospel. thing. The kingdom of God is approaching. The king has come to Philippi. And the crowd goes berserk against the people who are bringing the message. So what's going on in their hearts? What's their motivation? What's... What's with them? Evil. What's that? Mm-hmm. Evil? Yeah. Evil, yeah, but I mean what what is what is the problem? Well difference is uncomfortable, so it's like unknown. So like unknown like messing with their lives is like scary like the that other people don't want to be inconvenienced by other people. Oh okay, good. Good. So so they they value they value the comfort or the status quo more than more than truth. Is there anything else? I think that's right that's right it's like we liked what that girl did do you think here's what I think I don't think the crowd has any idea what the mob is even about I think they just like to ride people 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 at heart are not satisfied with life and if you find something to blame that on everybody jumps on the bandwagon have you guys noticed it's way easier to rile up an army to fight a battle against something that everybody is supposed to hate than to train people to love have you guys noticed that I think think about as we as we're recruiting people to serve with us in this world-changing endeavor that we're a part of. If we could just, if we could rile up a bunch of people to hate, it'd be way easier to recruit people. Have you guys noticed that? So the what's what the crowd's problem the re, the, is that they're they're really what do they love more than the truth? Or something that they're more interested in the truth. I think it's just the It's excitement, and maybe maybe it uh, it, that mixed with bitterness. I don't know how you write that on here. That's why you're taking notes and not me. Okay, who's the next group of people, or person? Okay, the prisoners. Okay, so the prisoners. Yeah. So what what's going on with prisoners? What happens with them? Which side are they on? Positive side. Okay, positive side. My notes are all. I've got notes all over the place here. Okay, the prisoners. What, so the pr- prisoners on the positive side. So what's going on there? Why? Why are they on the positive side and not the negative side? They, they just got free. <laughs> they just got free, and they got free because somehow they seem to. They don't all run away. You notice? Their chains get free. They can. They could They can buck it. Instead, they stick around, because these two dudes that just came into their prison, they sing some songs. The earthquake happens, the chains break free, the, the the prisoners who could run away, they kind of stand around scratching their heads thinking, this is cool. I think they're intrigued. And yeah. the Holy Spirit of God is doing something in these guys' lives. Now, we don't know much about them, and some of this is speculation. But they don't run, because if they ran, Mr. Jailer would have been butchered the next day. Okay, so who's the next person the next group of people? Okay, Jailer, and let's... Yeah, jailer and prisoners. Let's just let's put those together. Why does the jailer and the prisoners end up on the on the positive side? They see the power, of god. They see the power of god. Okay, where does the jailer? Think about what the jailer. What's the jailer's job? Jail. Okay, I mean think about it. Who's our biggest guy here? Yeah. Jeff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's way too nice to be a jailer. Okay, <laughs> just think. Of, Oh, we're going with scatter, Okay. Scatter's <laughs> a house leader, so sometimes he feels like a jailer. No. It's Like you're doing, you're doing KP all day Saturday if you don't shape up. <laughs> Something like that. Okay, okay, we got all nice guys. Just, just think about what this jailer looks like. This jailer is a tough guy because his job is to take hardened criminals and stick them in their dungeons, pounding their face as they do it, stick them in stocks. He is not a nice guy. And on this day, he gets Paul and Silas, and they're like, dude, you don't have to, you don't have to force us. What do you want us to do? Get down. Get your feet in the stocks. Okay. No problem. How long have you been doing this? Shut up. Like, okay. I think the this jailer saw something from the minute he got a hold of these guys that was different from anybody else. Because they're like, okay, sit down. They sit down, stick their feet in the stocks, he locks them up, and they're like, Okay, one, two, three, four, hit it, and they start singing. <laughs> and the jailer was going, What is it with these freaks? And then by the time it's midnight, they've taught the other prisoners to sing too. I mean, how many of these pri- You know what? How many of the prisoners had decided they were going to follow Jesus with their life by the time the earthquake happened? I don't know. But the earthquake happens. And so the jailer, he, he, he surrenders to Jesus, first of all, because he sees something in these guys that is life-changing for him. And when the earthquake happens, rather than these guys booking out and running and him paying for it with his life, they're like, okay, we're right here with you. We're not giving up on you. We'll stick with you. And he says, these guys are worth me listening to. And he bandages and cleans their wounds as a symbol, as a demonstration of his repentance of the kind of man he's been. And he has a life change. And he is baptized that night. Because of the testimony, the actions of Paul and Silas. Okay. Who's the next group of people? His family. Okay. So the family of the jailer, they respo- which side are they on? They're on the positive side. Why do they surrender to Jesus? They s- think about this. They see- they're they like, man, something's, something's happened to Dad. He was just about to kill himself, and now he's cleaning up these prisons. We've never seen dad act like this before. Right? The testimony of a guy who's just decided he's going to follow Jesus changes the hearts of the people in his family. And I think there's another reason also. I think there's there's an authority over their lives that the the jailer has. The jailer is, is the authority over that family. And when the power of sin is broken in his life, there's a, a domino effect that happens with his family. This is, they're, un, they're under the authority of their father. He surrenders to Jesus, now who's authority of the enter. And I think the devil just has to let go, and they surrender to Jesus. Okay, I think as as we do, as we do ministry, there's times where people cannot come to Christ without a breaking of the authority that is over them. Does that make sense? I mean, there's people who, they, they, be, they believe the message, they listen to the message, but they cannot come to him because they've kept themselves under the authority of people who have told them lies about Jesus. Okay, who's the next group of people? Who? Okay, the officers. Okay, who are the officers? What, what, what's their job in the story? What's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they come along, and they're like, okay, get going. Okay, so which side are they on? Are they on the positive side or the negative side? I'm going to know for sure exactly what's going on in these, in these hearts. But overall, they're a part of this, the, the, the group that stands against Jesus. So let's write them, that group over here, the officers or the messenger. The messengers, Okay. Now, what are they doing? Think about what they're doing. Why are, why are they over here? Why do, you, why do you put them on this side? They're just trying to do their job. Do their job. Here, here's what I want you guys to think about these, these people and people that are represented by these officers. That there's people out there who end up on the negative side standing against Jesus and against Jesus' message and Jesus' people simply because in their minds, they're just doing their job they're just doing their duty. They're not trying to fight the king in their minds. They're just doing what they're expect- what mom told them to do or what their boss told them to do. And what I want to suggest to you guys is that as you grow in Christ, as you become men and women of God, there's going to be times where you just can't do your job. In fact, you lose your job because you say, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't do it. And you'll have people mad at you, but it's worth it because the king is on your side. Okay, here's the next group of people. Mm -hmm, Yeah, yeah, we've already talked about them. There's one more group of people that I think we've missed. Say it again. Lydia's brothers and sisters. Is that what it says? Read the, read the last verse. Okay, does that mean Lydia's brothers and sisters? What's that? I think it's brothers and sisters of Christ. Okay, so the, this this last group of people that's listed is the brothers and sisters, the family of God. Okay, So is, were they did they uh, experience the kingdom of God in a positive way or a negative way? Positive, absolutely. Okay, here's what I want you guys to think about. Why did these people, this group of people, however many there are, why did they receive the advance of the kingdom of God instead of reject it? Think, Yeah, she, no, he said because of Lydia. It's got to be because of Lydia, right? It's got to be because of Lydia or because the psychic girl. Or because of the jailer. Or because... It, I, you can see what's happening here. These people are at least third generation believers. They've come to Christ in the short time that Paul and Silas are in Philippi. Because they've been affected either directly by Paul and Silas. Or by somebody else who's decided to follow Jesus. Okay, what's the point of all this? Here, Here's... Here's uh, what I want to ask you guys. These two groups of people, what do all the people on this side have in common? And what do all the people on this side have in common? Okay. Okay, Amanda says the people on the positive side were people who were open to God's voice. They had to have been. They had to have been open because otherwise... They, yeah, but they, if they didn't want to hear God's voice, they're not going to hear God's voice. Okay, that's good. Any other commonality over here? Any other, any other commonality over here? Exactly. Okay. These people, what, what all these people have is that they have things in their lives that are more important to them than the truth. And they missed the arrival of the king because their priorities were messed up. Whereas these people, these people had needs in their life that only God could fill. And they were willing to let their priority, their their other priorities be messed up if they could have the best thing. Jesus. Okay? Okay. So what's the takeaway from all this? Okay, I want to give you... Just um, some quick things. Do you have, do you have those, those numbers up there? Just, just, just some things to remember as we think about what they did and how to apply what they did to our lives and our community here, our ministry here, what we're doing here and what we're going to do next week in Port Arthur and the week after in Port Arthur. Okay, first of all, one of what I want you guys to see is that there was a church that was built in Philippi. A church was established in Philippi, first of all, because Paul and Silas respond to the vision and they go, they're like, okay, God's calling us there, let's go. They respond, okay? Secondly, there's a church born in Philippi because they make a practice of going to the place of prayer. You guys know this? If they hadn't gone out to the, uh, the river to pray, they wouldn't have met Lydia. You guys hear what I'm saying? They make a habit of going to a place of prayer, and at the place of prayer, they meet other people who are there to pray even though those people don't seem to know who they're praying to. okay. Thirdly, God directs their steps and they end up at the right place at the right time. And because God is involved in this thing, the church of Philippi is born. Fourth, God uses their words to open Lydia's heart. You guys understand this? She's seeking God. God opens her heart. But God opens her heart because they spoke. There are people on this campus whose hearts will only be opened by God if you are willing to speak. Okay, fifth, God uses a demonic plan to bring about good. Think about this: The demon of python controlling this girl brings and, and then they, brings about them being thrown in jail and beaten naked. It's bad enough to be beaten, but beaten naked. Ouch. And God uses all that bad stuff to bring good. Do you think Paul and Silas thought that beating was worth it? Do you think you'd think that beating was worth it? I'm asking you to say, at least don't you don't have to, have to say it out loud, but I just want you to think in your heart: Who is? Would I consider that beating worth it to build the church in Philippi? And if you are in your heart say, "Yeah, let that be me," we are we're gonna we're gonna change the world. And if you're thinking, "No way," then you're gonna get bored with what we're doing here at the cornerstone. Okay, sixth thing that we see from this that Paul and Silas's willingness to praise God in spite of persecution brings the jailer and his family and others to Christ. You guys hear what I'm saying? That they're like, okay, we'll take, we'll take the beating and we're going to praise God in the beating. And that attitude of rejoicing in every situation is what Builds the church in Philippi. And that becomes a theme. That becomes a theme because about ten years later, Paul's sitting in jail. Again, seems to be a theme with Paul. He's sitting in jail again, and he, he writes, he dictates a letter to that little, to that this group of people. And that letter, you guys know, is the book of Philippians. And do you guys know what the Book of Philippians is about? I thought, man, if we just had two more hours, we just studied the Book of Philippians. Do you guys know what the Book of Philippians? We don't have two more hours. Don't worry. The Book of Philippians. The theme. What's the theme in Philippians? Sacrifice, love, Sacrifice, love humility, and do you guys remember Philippians four four. Paul's thinking back about his experience there. He's thinking about the experience where he's at. He's, he's in prison when he's writing the book of Philippians. And this is what he says. And he can say it because he proved to these people that he did it. And this is what he says. Philippians 4.4. 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Even when your feet are in the stocks. Even if you don't know if you're going to live past tomorrow. Rejoice in the Lord always. And he says, you know what? It's so important I'm going to say it a second time. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident To all, because the Lord is near. If you're sitting in a prison cell with feet in stocks, guess where Jesus is? He's near. He's there with you. He's never left you. He hasn't forsaken you. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again rejoice, he writes. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And don't be anxious about anything, he writes. Instead, in everything, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, you present your requests to God. And the guarantee, you people in Philippi, and you people at the cornerstone, if you do that, what's the next verse? What does it say? And the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that means the peace of God that is available to you that nobody else is going to understand. The jailer didn't understand when he saw it in Paul and Silas. The peace of God that goes beyond anybody's ability to comprehend will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And that attitude is going to change the world. People who are hardened jailers or criminals we got the prisoners up here somewhere, right? Okay. Pe- people who would never believe anything that you argue because of your gentle, humble, praising God and thankful attitude in spite of the circumstances you're in is going to change the toughest people. That's what you're being called to do. That's what I'm calling you. That's what I'm asking you guys to do. No more complaining about anything. Instead, what's the opposite of Complaining. Rejoicing. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Yes, life is hard. Life is really, really hard. The guy who wrote it, he was writing it from prison to people who he had met while he was in prison. And his theme is, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice, guys. Did you think life was going to be easy? If you thought life was going to be easy, don't follow Jesus. Following Jesus, not only... Piles us up with all the burdens that everybody else has. But we rejoice in the middle of it. And through the rejoicing, he takes all of our burdens. And he says, cast every care on him because he cares for you. So what did you got to worry about? What did you get to worry about? Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So you sit there with your feet in the stocks, in the stinking prison, wishing that the guard would let you get up to use the restroom. And you Rejoice. Rejoice you rejoice whatever is going on in your life tonight tomorrow whatever stones are being hurled at you whatever people are saying about you your invitation is to rejoice and what's the promise that we just, we just read about in, I just quoted you in Philippians 4 7 the peace of God that goes beyond anybody's ability to comprehend will guard your heart and mind that's where peace comes from you will not find peace apart from that. Some of you guys are like, man, my life is just, I'm just, I got, a, I got an anxi- anxiety problem. You know what? Everybody's got an anxiety problem who doesn't know how to do this. And the solution is cast every cure on him. Trust him, praise him, because he loves you. Is that good news? Yeah. Are we going to try to do this? We, don't, we can't do it on our own. Even this, we ask him for help to do it. So let's stand up and let's pray and let's ask him for the help. And Lord Jesus, we don't want to just talk about the things that we should do. We need your help to do them. Would you teach us to be people who rejoice and rejoice and rejoice and rejoice? Whatever happens tonight, whatever happens tomorrow, whatever, whatever way that people treat us, whatever people say about us, whether we end up with our feet in stocks in a dark prison cell or whether we just are gossiped about at our workplace. Would it be that we'd be people who rejoice? Would this, would the cornerstone community be known as a community that that is happy to have you whether we have anything else or not? And Lord, would you just bless my friends? Thank you for letting us worship you tonight. Would this just be just the The one part of our week-long worship to you. And we just commit ourselves to you. Would you give each person strength to do what we're talking about tonight and to love you more. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, guys. We're dismissed. And there's prayer in the room there. Do we have a prayer team in there? So if you need a special prayer in the prayer room, they'll pray for you. And tomorrow we got lunch at 1229.